To get rid of those pesky ads, request stories, listen to unlisted and bonus episodes, and to chat with the gang, support us by clicking the description link. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. And today I got a crazy story for everyone. And I'm really excited about this. We're actually going to Brazil today. But if you like this episode, check out our sister podcast, Among the Dirt and Trees, a friend of Brienne in Colorado. She's doing an excellent job. She covers true crime that happens out in nature. And if you're interested, like, uh, for instance, in the, the, the Lake Mead bodies that are being uncovered, she did a really good episode on that, and which is kind of new in the news. And she just, I mean, she does some really interesting cases that you won't hear anywhere else. So check that out. You can also subscribe to this podcast, Talk Murder Me, on any podcasting app. If you want to support us and see our uh, unlisted live streams, go to patreon.com slash talkmurder. I'm also putting all these photos on talkmurder.com, and you can see all of those. So, And that's the site that uh, I put all the photos on. So go there for the uh, episodes. But that's all I have, and you guys know about the trivia. So... All right, this one is for Shram. Shram. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Water? Shram requested water. Thanks, Thanks Shram. <laughs> what the f- I could smell it. You're I was like, like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? The- and then I tell you, I was like, wait, water? But I, at first, when you when you reacted, I was like, shit, were we not supposed to tell? <laughs> yeah, we're- say that out loud that it was like, water. Oh, was this supposed to be a fake shot? I was gonna be fucking pissed. I, I was will like, say, God. if anyone requests fucking like Everclear or grain alcohol again, I am gonna put water in there instead, or maybe like no, vodka. don't do that shit. That one time, remember we like burned our esophagus. No, it doesn't matter, man. They pay for shots. <laughs> they do that pay, was awful. but it was terrible and if you are a kind human being you would not do that to us again <laughs> it was that was brutal however we do know the secret to bailey shots now so yeah shake with ice yeah mm-hmm. let's not make that mistake again is martin on this one i know he was on on last uh live chat but i need a. Uh, I'm going to need his request coming up soon, too. Tram says she cares about our wallets and livers. I appreciate that, Tram. Tonight, we are going to Brazil. This is a crazy, crazy case right here. We're talking about this guy. Let me know if you've seen this guy before, if anyone's seen this guy before or knows anything about him. Can you describe what this guy looks like? He looks like a fighter. I was going to say that, too. Does he look like a killer? I mean, mean, potentially. How many people do you think he's killed? Um, double digits. Tonight we're talking about Pedrahino Matador. Oh, so this is the book that I read. Dude, I tried to find this book everywhere for so long. It's literally not on the Internet. I found it at one of these sites. And like I said, I had to pay for it with a fake credit card. And this is the book that Nicole's going to be reading from tonight. Pedrino Matador, Biografia. And it is an autobiography, but this guy's name is Pedro, obviously. But Pedro Hino is kind of like the... Son of, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like the... Um, or Ito yeah, at the end of like Spanish. Yeah, it's like an Ito is, yeah. you know... Or Ita. Little Pedro. And Matador means, you guys know what that means, it's right? It's a bullfighter. There you go. So, well, it's a bull, I think. I don't know. Ma- Pedrino Matador, Biografia. And this book is completely in Portuguese and it is nuts. Nuts. All right. Tonight we're talking about Pedrino Matador. I don't know if I pronounced his name right. No, that's right. Here's another photo of him right here. So kind of uh, this is when he's older. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's tatted up. This guy has one story to tell. And it is nuts. So you guys stay with me. We're actually starting on May 24th, 1973. This story is going to revolve a lot around this man's father, whose name is Pedro as well. We're going to do a full circle back to the father at the end of this episode. But the best way that I thought to map this out is the way that I'm doing now. So we're starting May 24th, 1973. We're actually starting when he is transferred to the Casa de Detencia Carrandio, a Brazilian prison. And if you're in America, it ain't nothing like what you will see in America. This is the... 
This is the prison here. Mm. It's dirty. Dirty. The the food is often rotten. A lot of the inmates die because they eat rotten food. He would talk about in one point that the lunch boxes that they give you, you would open it up and there's flies coming all out of it. And sometimes it's like you have to weigh on how hungry you are to whether you want to get sick or not. Because you know if you'll eat it, you'll get sick and possibly die. Mm. So a lot of times you just have to go hungry. And a lot of inmates do die because... The prison system is so subpar. But at this detention facility, there were 9,000 prisoners. And wow, this is towards the end of my story, but we are going full circle. And this is May 24th, 1973. This man's sentencing added up to more than 100 years. I think it was like 480 or something like that. Oh. We'll get to it. But robbery, theft, drug trafficking, and over 50 murders he was convicted with. He's killed over 100 well over 100 but he was actually tried and convicted for 50 hmm. he was sent to prison and this man has many enemies waiting there a lot of people that want him dead and on the flip side to that there was a lot of people who respected this guy and would never mess with him because he's such a killer so when he goes to prison the guards actually stop the van when they transfer him to this new prison and they say, listen, you have a choice here. We can put you in isolation since you have so many enemies, or you can go to general population where you're probably going to get shanked the first day you're there because you have so many enemies and you're so well known. He says, quote, I'm going with the other prisoners. I'm a man and I'd rather die inside there as a man fighting than join with these trash and rapists, end mm. quote. So like the isolated prisoners are usually the child molest and uh, the rapists and stuff like that. Okay. He goes into general population. All right. It's, you, you'll see why here in a second. But as soon as he gets in this prison... He's looking for a chance to escape, not because he's scared or anything, but he wants to be free, obviously, like everyone. He is looking for a chance to ex escape. Is the security in, in these prisons like super intense? No. No, there's usually only two guards per the day or whatever. And even though they, the prisoners are locked up, there have been instances, and he was involved in one where it was a prison riot, like the one we covered in New Mexico. Yeah. But in this one, 130 inmates died. Mm. So... That's the type of prison we're going to now. He's looking for a chance to escape, but all of a sudden something happens. His own father, Pedro, gets sent to that same prison. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you why here in a little bit. But I will tell you that for little Pedro, he stopped looking for an escape and he was hell bent on seeing his father who was in the same prison. Now, the prison is pretty big and they're in different sections of the prison. To get to that prison, he would have to get the key somehow and visit his father, who was also on the other end of the prison in an isolated cell. So it's a lot of work, but he put his mind to it and he was going to go see his father. 1973 on May 24th, he using a, a shank that he made out of a spoon and aluminum foil. What they would do is they would take a spoon from the cafeteria, aluminum foil, and they would grind it down until it makes a blade and use that shank he held two guards as hostages mm. and he threw them in his own cell he took their keys he locked these guards inside of his own cell now and there's only two guards in his prison so now he's not only safe to go see his father even though he's got to go through multiple locked doors but he does have the keys you know these guards are locked safely in this cell he had no beef with these guards or anything he just wanted to go see his father he runs through this entire prison with these these keys and everybody, all the other inmates, all 9,000 are looking out their cells. They know what this man is doing and they know why he's going to see his father. They know why. And I'll tell you guys in a little bit why he did this. But he runs all the way down, opening all these gates. He, I mean, he's got the keys to the prison. Mm. He can escape. Yeah. He can easily escape. Or maybe he's going to get his father so both of them can escape. I mean, this isn't like maximum security over here with with all kinds of fingerprints and uh keypads i mean this is pretty bare bones especially in 1973 he can get away but instead he goes and visits his father his father was in isolation 
He finally gets there. He sees his son and the father backs away a little bit. And then Pedro is looking for that key, that isolation cell key. He tries a couple. They don't work. Finally, after a few minutes, he finds the right key for this father's cell and he turns it and unlocks that cell and opens the door. And then he walks towards his father. So we're going to come full circle back to that. Once you guys know who this guy is, you'll understand without me even telling you why he risked all this to go see his father okay but right now we're going to kind of jump back to when he was a child and go through his childhood mm, okay what do you guys think Sounds good so far so be thinking the whole time like why would this guy be hell-bent on not escaping but seeing his own father i have a theory what that he kills his father dun, dun, dun. i can remember my childhood well i didn't have luxury but i was a very happy child I lived in a house made of wood. My father was an honest and hardworking man. Oh, so his house was a woody. My father was an alcoholic. When he drank, he became aggressive and mistreated her. He tried to beat my mother, but sometimes he couldn't because she was a tall, strong woman. Padrino, growing up, oldest son of seven siblings. He grew up poor, obviously, and he worked after school. A lot of times even skipping school so he can work to bring in money. He worked in a butcher shop with his grandfather and his grandfather actually had this big old big old contraption where he would put coconuts in there and it would make liquor. So they would sell liquor together. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, dear lady. There they are ascending in a row. His grandfather not only taught him how to fight and how to live, but he looked up to his grandfather more than anything else. This is a, a childhood photo and I'll show you many photos. These photos were in the book and they, they didn't have any captions. So mm. Okay. A lot of times I, I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at, to be honest. There's like no captions with any of the photos here mm. at all. His grandfather teaches him how to defend himself and fight. His grandfather actually loved him a lot. And the butcher shop where Pedrino would work after school is where he learned to use a knife. And that knife became the most important part of his life growing up. Even at an early age, when he was sentenced to prison, he was only 19. Okay. After killing hundreds of people. By age 19? Yeah. So you got to imagine, you got to imagine that that knife, because he didn't have a gun or anything, would be his best friend. Little did I know that over the years, a knife would become my best friend. So he learned how to use a knife working in the butcher shop, deboning oxes and stuff like that. He was like a lot of the Brazilian population, very religious. His grandmother was religious. His mother was religious. However, his grandmother did get into to witch doctoring at one point, which kind of divided the family. And Padrino did kind of shift towards the witch doctor lifestyle. He started drinking ox blood and participating in animal sacrifices and stuff like this. Now, this is when he was 12 years old, okay? I think this is his house. Like I said, there was no captions in any of these photos. So, you know, I mean, I guess it's his house, but there there was literally no translations or no captions on anything so i literally don't know but now let's go to when he's 14 years old because this is the first time that he's going to actually kill someone (laughs) at 14 (laughs) i guess you have to start young if you're in prison by 19 yeah at 14 years old he meets a distant cousin little pedro was 14 at the time and his older cousin he is 18 19 years old and they they do he's kind of more of a distant cousin he only comes around a little bit and the transportation here in this part of brazil what they were using were was horseback okay. so there weren't cars they sure as hell didn't own a car it was all horses and this is 1970s right mm-hmm. so it must have been very rural there was an argument at one point between him little pedro and his older cousin it was something along the lines of he used the the horse of the cousin without asking permission something like that it translated to something like that either way i know there was an argument and the older cousin beat the shit out of little pedro <laughs> now pedro's grandfather had taught him how to fight so right there was a spot of embarrassment for for Pedro because he comes home with a black eye and he's crying and he's all beat up and he didn't do anything to defend himself. And he knows the grandfather would be disappointed that he didn't do anything to defend himself. So that's when he started to to really plan here. So anyway, a few a few days go by and he sees the cousin again. And 
And at this point, they are by a, a sugar cane machine. This is this is it right here. I, I don't know how else to describe it. They uh, take sugar cane and break it down into sugar. So can you kind of describe that? It's a huge metal machine. Mm. It's basically a, a few big gears. It looks pretty dangerous. It, it looks like prehistoric almost. And when you think of like the like on those bars there, would someone be pushing those bars to twist the other thing? You know, it really grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> I say so, that all the time. Somebody at work said that to me yeah, the other day. <laughs> all you could think of was family, family guy. guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's where they got it from, yeah. but it's really funny. You know what really grinds my gears? What? At the time, the sugar cane grinders were not like the ones we have today. Without much experience of anything, I thought a body could pass through that grinder. Oh. So. Yes, I'm sure it could. He, so let me look at this grinder. He says, quote, I thought a body could pass through this grinder. <sighs> He's 14. That is freaking brutal. Because <laughs> look at, look at like, because he's thinking where, where the two yeah. rolls yeah. come together. I mean, together. It, it can pass through, but oh, like God. spaghetti. Oh, God. <laughs> it reminds me of the Play-Doh yes, things. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and I'm sure that's exactly what it was like. So, all right. This is his own words from the book. I don't know how else to preface this. I grabbed him and pushed him into the cane grinder. I thought his whole body would pass through the grinder, just like a cane does. I stood there watching, waiting for the body to pass. But it didn't. It just made noise. Now, the the older cousin, the one that beat him up a few days before, they're there again. That older cousin's at Pedro's house again and still pushing him around. But there's a sugar cane grinder, like I showed you, right outside the house. And not only is his cousin there, but his cousin's goons, because the cousin was kind of into drugs and you know selling drugs mm-hmm. so he's got his own goon squad right and he's there just kind of messing with pedro again pushing him around what you gonna do you know don't be a little bitch type of shit and pedro was sick of it man he was sick of disappointing his grandfather by not sticking up for himself that all of a sudden he waits till his cousin gets distracted and they're by that cane grinder and and he pedro's actually working the cane grinder anyway trying to you know that's what he does and all of a sudden sudden the cousin gets distracted and he pushes him in there into the the rolling apparatus of this sugar cane grinder Mm. and he says i thought his body would pass through but it didn't it just made a noise the body didn't actually pass through obviously all the way at least the arm was stuck in there flattened and protruding out the other side like a plate of spaghetti and he was stuck all of a sudden like i said that cousin and his goons the cousin's goons Mm-hmm. hear this ruckus and the screaming he's screaming oh god what the fuck what the fuck you get me out of here ah! except in portuguese yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, spanish no. <laughs> for now but okay <laughs> So now the cousin's friends are running over to to kill him. Yeah. Okay. And he kills all of them. But he is not, the, the older cousin's not dead. His arm is just spaghettified mm-hmm. at this point. So he's got to do something and do something quick. I took the machete and started cutting him all over with the desire of revenge for what he did to me. It was blood everywhere until when I cut off his head, it fell into the machine and kept screeching and screeching. So the cousin now is stuck. His arm is stuck in this machine. So little Pedro pulls out this machete. The goons are running over. Hey! He takes that machete and just starts slicing them. The cousin. Oh. Slicing them all over, trying to kill him. Eventually, he just shoom, slices his head off. The head falls into the cane grinder. That's at 14 years old. At 14. Damn. I mean, that shit didn't happen to me till I was like... <laughs> At least 21. <laughs> that's like the age of my students. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. The grandfather runs out, luckily, and stops the goons and everything else. And they address what just happened. The police do show up. They put 14-year-old Pedro, Pedrino in handcuffs, and they take him to the police station. He's released 24 hours later because he's 14 years old. <laughs> what the fuck? And he thought a body could go through there. <laughs> wow. Is his English name Lil Petey? Yeah, I guess so. Ah! 
Why has someone heard this story before? I think Ashley has. She had a couple of uh, trivia questions for a little Petey. Um, like what? Well, I'm not gonna. Well, I'm me. not gonna drop them in there. No, t- I wanna. I wanna... It, it had to do with um, some people that he may have killed in prison. Don't spoil it. That's why I'm not saying anything. All right. Well, what'd she say? She just asked, "Is this little Petey?" Where'd you hear this shit at? Huh? <laughs> Fucking. My favorite murder. Oh, can you stop? There's other podcasts. Stop getting suck. so butthurt that other who, people may cover a story. Who said that she heard a podcast about it? Maybe she read something or saw a film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thing to film about this is real life. She said she found it herself. See? All right. So the que- the question was, is he embellishing things? Stuff like this, it was documented, obviously, because police reports and stuff. The tone of the book, even though I don't speak Portuguese, seems to me like he felt he feels sorry for a lot of things and he's real honest. But, you know, who knows? I don't know. That's a good question. So uh, I'm going to go through his background a little bit and then we'll do another murder. There's not much background, so we're basically jumping into another murder. He was born in Santa Rita on October 30th. He was a son of Emmanuel, Emanuela and Pedro. Obviously, that's why he's Pedrino. Mm-hmm. He was eventually given the name Melandros. I don't even know what that means. I never looked that up. Melandros? Melandros. I don't know. A young criminal, delinquent punk thug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's appropriate for him. Yeah, Melandros. So. All right, that makes sense. All right. When his mother, Emanuela, was pregnant, the husband actually didn't marry her until he, little Pedro, Pedrino, was 12 years old but when she was pregnant the husband would get real drunk and he's an alcoholic and he would come home from work get real drunk and one time he actually kicked his pregnant wife manuela in the stomach oh and sank in the baby's skull padrino's skull it sank it in so much and if you look you can still see the scar from where his father had kicked the the belly Mm. his head had sunken in and you can still see the the large scar there so he said he would go on to say quote how can someone beat a pregnant woman my god now this story is a lot about his father he has a love and hate relationship with his father at 15 his father who was working for the the city mayor mayor's office i couldn't tell exactly what his job was was fired he was fired for theft even though there was no proof that he stole anything and all i could find out about the job was that he worked at city hall his father was fired at the city hall for theft and pedrino would say that this was the saddest day of his father's life he immediately saw a change in his father a negative change and not only that there was no proof that he stole anything i was sent home with no rights Accused of stealing from the school. It wasn't me. Believe me, I would never steal from the school, much less dirty our family's name. We are poor, yes, but we don't need to steal anything from anyone, the father says. So I think he was just fired just because. So anyway, now that the father is fired from his job, he's unemployed and he's got eight kids with no source of income coming in to take care of. The mother starts taking on cleaning jobs while she was pregnant. And Pedrino decided to take revenge on the mayor of the city Hmm. because the mayor fired his father without any probable cause and no proof whatsoever. It was just all of a sudden fired him, which completely upended the family and the family finances. It's almost like um, the Princess Bride. (laughs) My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. I've had to die. Pedrino goes into his grandfather's shed and he retrieves this right here. This is a little 22 shot rifle. And this is the same one, I think. I mean, that's why he would put it in the book. He retrieves this rifle. He also grabs a machete and an orange green rucksack and fills it with ammunition. Mm. And he plans his revenge. He's going to kill the mayor. So it sounds like, I mean, he, he took the rifle with him, but uh, the machete is the second. Like It's like this is the second time he's used a machete. So he decides he's going to kill the mayor, but first he's going to hide out. And, you know, they're real religious in mm-hmm. the, this parts of Brazil. And he wanted to go up in the mountains clear his head and maybe have a a spiritual intervention or something to give him direction for the the right thing to do. So he travels up into the mountains in Brazil for 30 days. He survives up there Hmm. and he's shooting animals and eating and camping out, stuff like that, while he decides what to do. 
Arriving at the mountain, I set up my camp so that no one could find me for about 30 days. My friends were the animals, monkeys, rabbits, snakes, and jaguars. They stayed close to me, surrounded me, but they didn't do me any harm. So he only killed what he was going to eat for 30 days. And on the last night, he gets this inspiration and he goes down to the mayor's home. He looks in the mayor's home and is different from all the people that the mayor is supposed to be serving in the community because he has a nice gated house and... And a nice huge house with two-story balconies, stuff like that. That kind of rubbed them the wrong way. Padrino hides out in the bushes and waits for the mayor to, to pull up into his home to open the gate. And even the car he was driving was for the rich, he would say. Hmm. He said, quote, in a car that only the rich had, end quote. The mayor gets out of this car. He opens the gate. And that's when Padrino steps out of the bush that he's been hiding in because he's going to kill the mayor. He's going to kill the mayor of the city. All right. At 15. Like what? (laughs) (laughs) He waited till this mayor turns around. He made sure the mayor looked into his eyes and knew exactly who he was. He was a son of the man that he fired for no reason. And as soon as he looked into his eyes, he fires two shots. Both hit him. Mm. Boom. Right in the head. The mayor's dead. Right after that, the mayor's son, who was on the second floor of the house, runs out onto the balcony, wondering what's going on. That son grabs his own rifle and starts firing shots at little Padrino. So at that point, Pedro waits until the son has to reload. And then he steps out behind the mayor's car which he was hiding behind Mm -hmm. and he pulls that rifle up and he gets that man in a perfect sight headshot from 100 meters away he's going to kill him and right when he's about to pull the trigger he says the following quote I pointed the gun at him but I didn't shoot my war wasn't with him it was with his father I thought that was really important to put in this story because it really shows you who this guy is Mm -hmm. he only kills who needs to be killed and he's killed a hundred or so people whoa so he's like robin hood but instead of giving to the poor he kills people yeah he runs into the woods after that waits several days the police are looking for him and then he goes escapes completely and at 15 he arrives in the in another city moja moga des Cruces. all right so crazy he's already killed two people including the mayor he's killed his mayor i mean pretty crazy lifestyle so far he meets, yeah. he meets a woman there, an older woman. She's almost 40 years old. Botina, B-O-T-I-N-H-A, Botina. She was a drug dealer and a hustler. And at 15, she, she takes him in at only 15 and takes care of him. And that was kind of like his first love or whatever. Mm. This is the mayor right here shot. Wow. Oh, so, kind of cool. Yeah. They didn't even bother to put a sheet or anything on him. Well, this is poor Brazil. The, the mayor apparently was very crooked. Mm. So, mm. Batina, who he meets, who was taking care of him. And how old did you say she was? I think she was like 40 or something. All oh, I say was okay. she was an older woman. So, but she was a drug dealer and dealing in, you know, in uh, prostitution stuff. Three of her friends got really jealous of Padrino and decided to kill him for no good reason. Now, a lot of people tried to kill this guy over his lifetime. All right. But Batina, who really cared for Padrino, warns him and says, listen, I can't stop this from happening, but you just need to be ready. All right. Just be ready for this to happen. So one day the, the three friends come and they're like, hey, let's go to the lake let's go fishing and little petrino's like okay he puts a revolver in his pocket kind of conceals it and they go out so it's just padrino at 15 years old and these three older men who are having intent to kill him they go to the lake as they're walking down padrino says yeah i gotta take a piss right quick y'all just go ahead that was a ruse so he did that so they can get in front of him so they can pass and then he can take a shot because he's going to kill all of them <laughs> A 15-year... Think about it. I know. I'm trying to like keep in mind his age as you're going through this. A 15-year-old... A fucking 15-year-old with one gun facing three older men all with their own guns. And he's just like, I'm going to fucking do it. I I feel like... like, Is he like a shooting prodigy? You know? Like, is he like... People like flipping his gun... Guns with his finger twirling them and shit. 
That's Rel- like what I'm picturing. Twirling his- yeah, like I, I just picture him to be like a. I told you the story's nuts. The, John here, Wayne here's, or- no, here's the thing. It's different. And I go into the religion part. But at this point, he's already had attempts on his life. There is a higher power watching over this man. And mm. he will definitely learn that later. Because there have been hundreds of attempts to kill this guy. There oh. is something, an angel or whatever that is protecting him. Or that's what he, does he believe that about himself? He believe it, achieve it. I mean, that shit's real to him. Yeah. You know, the older men walk by. Pedro comes out, taking a piss, puts his dick back in his pants, pulls out that revolver. Pew, shoots one of them right in the back of the head the other two turn around like what the fuck so now he got one dead they all hide behind trees pedro jumps in this little gully this little ditch and now there's a firefight between two of him and one of him and he ends up killing another one of them and puts the other one in the hospital this is playing out like a movie in my head honestly it is a fucking movie it's crazy after this in this city of Mogadas Cruces, he had a reputation that no one has ever had before or will ever have again. He was known as Padrino de Cachuchierra, which Cachuchierra is this right here. That's what this word means. This is what he would carry around. Oh, is that the... A shotgun. Huh. It's a beautiful shotgun. Yeah. He would carry around a, a, a small barreled shotgun everywhere he went. And that's where he got that name from. Now... Notice how John rolled his tongue on those. He was like, I can't do that. At, At 15 years old, at 15 years old, he is carrying this 12 inch double barrel shotgun and he starts running the streets. Everyone is scared of this guy. If you guys seen this show called The Wire, this guy is Omar. Yeah. In literal form, because not only is he carrying the shotgun and everyone's scared as hell of little Padrino, Padrino de Cartuera, he also becomes a stick up boy. I don't know the term in Brazil and uh, Portuguese, but he would surprise drug dealers like, ha it's me, bitch. And then pull out the shotgun and rob them, which is exactly what Omar was doing on yeah. the wire. Yeah. He got a crew together and they were all stick up boys. This is some of the drugs that he would steal right here. So already he's kind of doing a, a, a you know, he's he's not hurting innocent people. He's going after already bad people. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would also find rich people and that are transporting a bunch of rice. And he would hold up the hold up the uh, truck of rice and then deliver the rice to the poor. Literally Robin Hood. Mm, wow. But you can see how he made a lot of enemies, right? Yeah. You guys like this? Oh, yeah. He's making enemies of people he's robbing from, killing, and other people who are going to be threatened by him and think that, oh, shit, he's he might come after me. Yeah. So now at 15 years old, turning 16, he is running the streets as the the main drug supplier. Now he's basically like, uh, uh, what's his name? Johnny Depp in that movie, Snatch or whatever. Like he is, I don't know if that's a movie, whatever, no. where he's like the drug dealer that is getting big money because he's still in these drugs. He's, so what do you think he does? He's, he sticks up these drug dealers, takes all their, their drugs, which you guys just saw, and then he sells them to another drug dealer at a lower price huh he's doing this and now he's the biggest drug dealer at only 16 years old blow blow yeah that's the movie <laughs> at 16 years old and this is all documented i've in, never seen that it's th- a good movie this is all documented in police reports and stuff like that at 16 years old he is responsible for more than 30 homicides at 16. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't this a crazy did story? You, did you say when you started how old he was when he was in the prison? Yeah. Uh, I think I think it was 19 or 21, something like that. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. That helps. This story gets fucking crazy. You guys think this is crazy? This is one of the best stories I've ever covered. I mean, I just love this shit. This is, this is nuts. You're man. like, this is why I do what I do. He would do stuff like find a boyfriend that has obviously been beaten, that boyfriend's girlfriend or pregnant girlfriend or something like that, or mistreating women, rapist, a a lot of rapists, stuff like that. And he would seek them out. I mean, he's got all this money now. He's living large and he's 
focusing his time on seeking out rapists and pedophiles and, and, and killing them. Kind of like a good vigilante story, I mean, yeah. you know? Where do you think those 30 homicides came from? They're not all just drug dealers. They're just bad people. Because he has this thing in his mind where, you know, it is justified in his re- in religious context where he... And remember I said his grandmother was into uh, witch doctory and yeah. black magic? Mm-hmm. Where do you think this power, this aura around him of protection comes uh, from? That's a good point. I mean, remember at the time he was dr- literally drinking ox blood and protected by this aura. He's literally going around like he's bulletproof. And fuck he is. Is he not? So far. I mean, shit. When I say, quote, my enemies, I mean in a general way. My enemies are your enemies. They are all those who do harm to parents, who want to steal from the poor, and who want to do harm to the poor. Hmm. So this guy goes on this killing binge, and he says that he stopped. He's got well over 100, but he didn't count. He says, quote, I stopped because I believe that this number will never end. He started killing rapists and, and evil men in the, the city. And like, pa- you remember, um, Pablo Escobar was actually highly praised because of the stuff he was doing for the community. Right. He was making it safe for everyone. I know that sounds weird, but... Safe, but on like on his terms. Right? Exactly. But, you know, same thing. Padrino was making the streets safe. He was giving that money back to this little city. You know, you remember Pablo Escobar like ran for mayor Mm -hmm. and he got the majority of the votes, remember? Mm. Or whatever. I don't, I didn't do his story, but same shit. Like the community loved this guy. But he still had a lot of enemies. Yeah, because he donated a lot of his money to like schools and hospitals and stuff. Yeah. And people. Quote, at the time, quote, at the time, crooks, neighborhood thieves and rapists were more afraid of me than the devil himself. That's what he said. He was living wealthy, but giving it all back to the community. He would kill landlords that were purposely hiking up their rent and taking advantage of the poor residents. He began giving the money to needy families and schools and and doing community projects, building parks. I mean, he's living large now. At 16, he's he's basically rich. You know what I'm saying? So they put a squad together called, they called the Death Squad. I know it sounds kind of like Hitlerish, but it was basically to take out drug dealers and their main target was guess who? Padrino, right? Just like a mobster. Mm-hmm. They wanted to take him out. Yep, bad for business. They actually got him. At one point, he would have went out fighting dead. He wouldn't care about getting shot. Yep. He's been shot and stabbed plenty of times before. But they got him because they brought his mother into the equation. Oh. Emanuela, which was... And you don't mess with his mama. It's a pussy mood to do. Yeah. They grabbed the mother, basically held, him, held her hostage. This is the police doing this. And that's when that's when he was basically arrested and so were the police crooked because I mean, you would think so i can understand pretty sure everyone's crooked now. right like it's a it's a he's taking justice into his own hands and he's still killing people mm-hmm. i mean technically the police would have the right to bring in the mom to question her or whatever you know from her you know he's he's a suspect in murder so technically technically he was finally arrested now we're not going through all the people he's killed being a drug lord because that would be too much but there was a big firefight between him and a whole squad of policemen with machine guns. Remember, he has a shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. They brought his mother into it, trying to arrest him using his own mother, Emanuela, as leverage. At one point, he hears his mother scream, mm. and that does it for him. He completely loses it. He takes his gun. He rushes at the cops. Now, there's a whole squad of cops. They start shooting. He shot twice. He rolls down a ravine. On the way down of rolling down this large ravine, he shot another five times. He shot in the leg, in the head, and both arms. And he survives? (laughs) This is fucking crazy. Whoa. I fell and rolled down the ravine, and with each turn that my body took down the hill, I felt a bullet pierce me. My eyesight darkened. I was hearing screams, cries, people saying, kill him, kill him. I couldn't defend myself. I searched for strength, but I couldn't find it. So, or some of the police were saying, just kill him, kill him right there. But you know, there's always one or two good guys that are like, no, we need the justice system to to do its job. Right. So they ended up arresting him instead. This brings us back to the prison. Now we're back to the prison. All right. Okay. We're, we're a little bit before when he gets the, you know, when his Sentence, father gets yeah. there, but we're still back at the prison. He says, quote, I'm going with the other prisoners or he doesn't need isolation. 
I'm a man and I'd rather die inside there as a man than join with these trash and rapists. Mm. That makes more sense now having like that comment yeah. given yeah. that's who he was killing. Yeah. For shits and giggles. Right. Yeah. He takes a spoon. Now, now keep in mind, half the population wanted him dead. Half the other population wanted a monument for him. Yeah. So he did have people who were going to protect him because he was so well known. And I mean, he killed. So the majority of the people he's killed was in prison through his years in prison, which got got him well over 100. Right. A lot of the isolated prisoners too, the rapists and stuff like that. But we're not going over that part. Right. So he's in general population. He gets a spoon with aluminum foil. He, he, I don't know how long it takes, but he makes a knife. He also, and Nicole, you'll like this because this is fucking crazy. I literally thought this was fake. Why not, just me? Why not Jen? Well, I thought this wasn't a real thing, but it is. Okay. And it's fucking crazy. And I want to talk about it. Okay. All right. So he began learning martial arts mm-hmm. in prison. Oh my gosh. Does this have to do with Mortal Kombat? No, no. <laughs> but. Fatality. <laughs> but if anyone watches Bob's Burgers. Oh, yes. That's Brazilian Capoeira. Oh, How are yeah. you not wearing that shirt today? <laughs> <laughs> he learns Brazilian Capoeira. Wait. I thought Capoeira wasn't made up. No, it's not. It's it's actually really interesting. It is just like in Bob's Burgers. It is a a dance-like fighting martial arts. Oh, I can't believe you're not wearing your shirt today. (laughs) So this is a street Capoeira fight. Now, this is a real thing. So in Brazil, the martial art, and I was looking in the back in the history, it's actually really, really interesting. The slaves in Brazil who were uh, enslaved by the Portuguese, I believe, at the time, they created this dance-like martial arts to escape. And it uses a lot of leg movements and it's very acrobatic. Acrobatic. <laughs> you have to be able to do flips. You have to be able to. It's like break dancing. Anyway, mm. this is one of the street fights here. And this is crazy. So I know I heard you listening to this in the sunroom the other day. <laughs> and I remember like looking over because I can see your yeah. laptop the way you were laying down from like my desk area in the dining room. And I remember watching and be like, I know he's been watching like boxing videos because he's. He's been doing the uh, oh, the meta the the Oculus? VR. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. I'm like, what's the word? Um, and I was like, what is he getting into? Like, I'm like, he's down some rabbit hole in YouTube now. now. This is is so interesting because I didn't think this was a real thing, but it is, man. It's a real thing, and it's just like in Bob's Burgers. So this is a street fight. They're fit. So, yeah, no kidding. So you see, so this isn't like a, a street fight like we have where they're trying to kill each other. As a poor population, they, they get in these groups. You see kids in the background, and they they do the music, they clap, and and it's it's rhythmic, right? Because it's a rhythm type martial arts. Yeah. But here it goes. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Whoa! Wow. How does one like? How Watch do this. you make your body do that? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> how crazy is that shit? That eh? is cool. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, man? Yeah. So that's what it is. Like flips. This just made my day. I didn't know capoeira was a real thing. It's a real thing. Brazilian capoeira. It's and you know it. It's got a lot of kicks in it, obviously, because you're swinging your legs. But that. How do you like make your body do that? Like how it it, like goes up in the air. Acrobatic martial arts ever, but it is a real martial art, and they use it. They they use it to, and it's supposed it's supposedly extremely deadly because you think about you're swinging your foot and your leg around so fast. If you hit someone with your leg, yeah, in the head, I mean they're out, dude. But you know that's just is weird i've never heard of that martial art before mm-hmm. you know it's kind of crazy there's 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 videos of capoeira fighters fighting like karate fighters and stuff and it's kind of fun to see who wins you know but it's crazy is it not amazing so anyway he's st- <laughs> he started doing that which like made my day man if you guys watch Bob's Burgers, you'll know what we're talking about. But Best show ever. Yeah. So in prison, he would end up saying that he only had one friend because he, he learned his outside friends and, and all of his other friends outside, they died. So on the inside, quote, I was alone, just me and my knife, end quote, which I love that shit. That I was sad, though. I was alone, just me and my knife. That knife was his, was his best friend. I talked about the prison, how the food was so sour and people would get sick. Now, he, he also started snorting cocaine in prison, but... 
he's in prison for it was like I think it was a hundred and forty something years. It was it was a long time for all fifty homicides before he got there. Mm-hmm. So remember the thirty he killed before sixteen. Now he's in prison at what like nineteen. So he's killed fifty at least. That's how many they convicted him for. So he's in prison. He's learning capoeira. He is killing rapists in prison, and that is when he gets the news that no none of the other inmates wanted to tell him. They all kind of avoided him that day that this news came out because they, they would have a radio and the news in the city would come out. The The warden was actually the one who had to pull him aside and said, listen, I don't want to tell you this. I know you're a man and, you know, I, I, no one else wants to tell you this, but I'm just going to I'm just going to tell you how it is right now. Last night, your mother, Emanuela, was killed. Oh, no. She was stabbed 21 times. <gasps> By your father. <gasps> oh snap! You you're right, Jen. He can come kill his dad. <laughs> By your father. Your father stabbed your mother, Emanuela. Mm. 21 times it's so excessive so I, I i don't know if this is going to be after what we're going to talk about or before but pedrino in prison gets to go see the body of his mother and he's obviously handcuffed and it was a big news because he is he is a high profile inmate right right the, everyone knows who this guy is in brazil mm-hmm. like you know who this guy is mm-hmm. prison or not you know what i'm saying the whole all the media knows so when his mother dies there was cameras everywhere he gets to go see the mother's body and the media is there. The cameras are there. And he says something that someone catches the the media, the guards. He says the following standing over his mother's coffin, over her dead body, looking into his mother's eyes. He says the following quote, I will kill you, father. And from today, you are not my father. I will eat your heart. Oh, I swear it. Like literally eat his heart. That's what he said. Let's go back to where we started. Now things make more sense when he locks the guards into the cell. You know, he's not going to harm these guards. The guards, they know they're safe. This guy is not here for them. They know he's going to come back and let them out of the cell, which he does. They know that. They respect him as a man they also know that he's got some business to take care of yeah so (laughs) and this is the end from what we're going to talk about he locks these guards in there and now now you guys see he makes his way to the isolation cell where his father just got there for killing his mother the father sees him through the window and is thankful that oh my god i don't know what he's doing here but there's no way he can get in like i'm in an isolated cell padrino looks down at the big ring of keys and starts flipping them the father the father starts to apologize padrino you know i you know i was i was drunk you know all this stuff Padrino finds the key and opens up the cell. And then Padrino walks towards his father. And this is what he does. With the knife in my hand, I could only think of my mother, how she tried to defend herself. She fought for her life. I saw her all cut up and stabbed. Then I went after him. He didn't try to defend himself. As I promised, I counted 21 stabs. I cut his chest open and saw his heart still pulsing. That's when I cut it out and began chewing on it and spitting it out. So that's that's where you get this guy. This is an illustration, but he cuts the heart out of his own father and chews it. He goes back in. He lets the guards out and everyone's like not saying shit to him. And that was it. Hmm. So Padrino Matador was the man that served the longest prison sentence ever. 42 years in prison. He was the biggest serial killer in the history of Brazil. Wait, that was the longest sentence ever given out in Brazil? (laughs) Was 42 years? 42 years in prison. He So no one has a life sentence there? Padrino Matador, biggest serial killer in the history of Brazil, among the five top in the world. He was in one of the biggest prison massacres of all time. He claims that one day he's going to come after the quote maniac of the park which was a rapist. Mm. And you ask what is he doing now? What is he doing now? Well, I'll show you. He's a YouTube star. (laughs) So he's talking about his father and there are subtitles but he is in a studio, a podcasting studio and like I said this is all in Portuguese but there is English subtitles and he is talking about his father which we focused on and there is that 
story about the heart, they ask him. He says he cut out a piece of his heart and chewed it. That's what I did. It was revenge. Hmm. Crazy. So That's he nuts. is, yeah, he is out now, completely out. And I would never mess with a guy. <laughs> but he is out, completely out. He's served his time. And, and you see him here. He's doing YouTube uh, interviews and stuff like that. So what do you guys think? I think it's interesting that he's already named another target. Like, have they done anything about that? Like, have they not taken mm. that seriously? Or? No, no. I mean, this is not America, man. This is like, they don't want to fuck with him. Like, they know that he's going to do it. I mean, look at this guy. He's got his own, like, profile picture here. <laughs> look. Damn. <laughs> I mean. So is he, like, a full-time YouTuber? Or does he just, like, in go on interviews with I people? I think he's just doing interviews now. But I'm, I don't know. I mean. He is famous, so I think he is getting paid for his story. That's for sure. But crazy, crazy story, man. What do you guys think? It's, it's nuts. I would totally watch a movie with this for plot. Sure. For sure. Oh, for he's, sure. So Natasha says he's a podcaster. So I huh. guess he has a podcast. I don't, I don't know because I don't know. Um, I don't. We should ask him on the guest of our podcast. No, he didn't speak English. We can, I, can, I, I have friends know? that can translate. Yeah. I, have, I have a whole bunch of friends that can speak. All right. He's a podcaster. So, and the book that the autobiography, he does like end it saying that there's going to be a part two. So I'm kind of waiting for that to come out. I guess it's going to talk more about the, you know, the hundred or so people he killed. This was mainly, this story was focused mainly on the father. Ah, and so because he's been charged for all of those crimes, like he's not necessarily confessing to anything new. So it's not. Yeah. And this like is like the double. Oh, well, I don't know what their laws are, but like right. yeah. double jeopardy. Yeah. He's I mean, he did 42 years and I mean, crazy. I mean, he's just out saying, you know, whatever. No one's going to mess with this guy. You know, I mean, he's killed a lot of those people with his bare hands. He would talk about. Mm. He talks about, like, on his show, like, how hard it is to kill someone with your bare hands. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is that is. He crazy. has killed over 100 people, and now he's a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, that's that's. Nuts. I don't really know. Like, I, it's hard, because I think there is this whole, like, the vigilante side to it. You're kind of like, mad respect, dude. No um, shit. This is fucking crazy. But also, he was, like, a drug lord, so, like bad and he killed a lot of people but you know which were all bad people i know i know i'm just i'm just saying they are those are hard stories it's one where you think like okay um yes they took matters into their own hands but like hopefully they get a really light sentence for yeah them. 42 you know I mean? years is pretty light well he had 100 i think they exactly. were it's light for honestly united states standards but that would be um, let me tell you why they, like they that was the harshest sentence you said in brazil's history no that's the not harshest but the longest prisoner longest, yeah ever like, served but I, I will say this i'm i'm pretty sure it was more of um i think we should just let him out because he's killing so many people in prison all the pedophiles and stuff because he killed the majority of his kills were in prison which we didn't talk about because mm. his book didn't go into all the people he killed in prison right that's in the second part but which I don't know when it's going to be released. I mean, I don't know. But anyway, so I think they just let him out because he was killing too many too many inmates. Mm. <laughs> you it's know? like you're kind of defeating the purpose of this whole operation, man. You can go free. So it's now like, are you just go kill bad people outside? I mean, we got them taken care of in here. Let's just have you go and fucking kill people outside. I mean, because that's what he loves to do, apparently. I mean, I don't know. Fucking crazy, man. Mad yeah. respect, in my opinion. Dude, mad respect. I mean, fucking nuts, man. He's over his mother's coffin and says that I will eat out your heart. And what does he do? He he, he, do, he fucking eats his dad's heart. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, <laughs> shit. You got to be kidding me. That is a that is a crazy story. That is crazy. And now he's a podcaster. So, yeah, there's that. Anyway, all right. Well, I guess that's it. I hope you guys like that. Uh, let me know if you did or didn't. That was a great I very story. much enjoyed that. This is the uh, Talk Murder Me podcast. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. And my name is John. I hope you guys really enjoyed the story. Be sure to find us on any podcasting app and follow our YouTube channel for these weekly live streams every Saturday at, at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.